This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuskerCuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Uh, we got a good episode lined up for tonight. We're in week two of spring ball. Uh, we're gonna, we've heard a lot about some improvements that they've been talking about that's going on in practice. And so we're going to talk about some of those and we're going to carry it on to some improvements that we would like to see take place over the course of spring ball and carry, carry on into next year. Uh, so first of all, how are you guys doing tonight? Just wonderful. Oh, it's great to be here, man. I'll tell you this. This spring has got me more excited. Maybe it's not having spring ball last year, but I miss it. The, the stories, um, the, the talking about stuff, you know, even the negative stuff, it's just it's got my mind wandering. It's a it's a fun time to get back in the football rhythm. Yeah, Derek, this is kind of like the time of year that everybody gets super excited for the upcoming season. And it's like, you know, it's winning the off season all over again, right? I suppose, but I do have to say that it was weird not having it back in March or, you know, a month ago, like yeah. normally we're getting ready for a spring game already. And I, I really was questioning my fandom a little bit. Cause I was kind of losing interest because there was no spring to really go through yet. Yeah. But not, but, but now that there's stories coming out, I'm finding myself getting more and more into it again. And it's awesome having it back. And, and the one good thing about having a spring game in May is we got a shorter off season after spring game. So well, I, I like this spring a lot better this year. I mean, it seems like the media has a little bit more access. They were at uh, practice. Well, of course, spring was blown out of the water last year with COVID. You know, so we didn't have one. But this year, uh, you know, the media they were there in attendance today. So uh, we got to see some cool videos, and we'll talk about those a little bit later. Uh, you know, they're talking to the coaches and players. And so it, it finally feels right. It's we're like two years removed from like having a good spring. Uh, something that came out today. Uh, there's a uh, three players that are already out for the spring. And, uh, that's, uh, Ben Stilley, Marquez Buford and Marquez step. Now Marquez Buford, he's just a freshman DB, you know, nobody expected too much out of him. I don't think so. That loss is minimal. Ben Stilley, he's a you know he's a huge guy for the defensive line, but he's a veteran. I don't know if spring practice, you know, him missing the spring is no big deal. But Marquez Step, the transfer from U USC, that is huge. Uh, Tyler, what did you think of when you heard the news about Marquez Step missing spring? Well, you know, we, we talked about this, and I think we're going to talk about this a little bit, about the importance of the running back. You know, I, I definitely had him competing for the starting spot, but I think when overall, when he came to Nebraska, I think one of the biggest fears was injuries. Um, he had missed a lot of time at USC. Um, I think people worried about it. Uh, you know, not saying he won't contribute, not saying he won't be the starter, but, I mean, already uh, starting off his Nebraska career with an injury, just a massive blow to what could have been a really good year and a really big contributor. 
Derek, what was your initial reaction? Uh, you know, th- this is one of those, and I know Justin's harped on this a lot, uh, but I, gu- I guess this is one of those things where you wish Scott Frost was a little more open with injuries. Because uh, I'd like to know what's wrong with him. Is this a previous injury from when he got here uh, that he's still nursing? Is it something that happened over spring? Because uh, if it's if it's an additional injury, then Tyler's absolutely right. Because health has always been a concern with this guy. And if he's already getting dinged up in, what, five practices? within, within Before five practices, because this was our fifth practice and he was already dinged up. So at least within four practices, I guess. Uh, and he's getting dinged up already. And they're not even going full contact. Hell, this is only, what, our second or third uh, padded practice. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 yeah, absolutely. But if this is something that's still carrying over from the transfer, uh, I, I guess he could still learn the playbook. But it's, it's still concerning, I guess. But So for what it's worth, Parker Gabriel, he was on 1620 Today, Gary Sharp show, and uh, he was asked about Marquez Step, and what he said, even though it wasn't confirmed from Scott Frost or anything, you know, he said that uh, he thinks that it's like the foot and ankle area which was injured back in USC. So if this is a nagging injury, that that maybe that's a little bit of concern. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it is all just precaution. Uh, but it's well, not. I, a, I, I, I guess that's where I'm coming from. Is is he still healing from an injury? From last year, or is this a situation where he re reaggravated it? But so, I guess for me, like I, regardless of the circumstance, like the fact that they are saying he is out for the spring, the the coaches, like another guy who did not practice today was Omar Manning. Like the coaches didn't come out and flat out say he's not he's done for the spring. So they generally, when they report injuries. Are, they're usually reporting more severe injuries. Like, there's something really wrong with them. And the fact that he's already been ruled out for the rest of spring tells me this is more than just a recovery going a little bit slow. You're right, yeah. Yeah, because it doesn't... From what we heard from the coaches last week, it said he was turning heads in practice. So I assumed that he was actually practicing, Right. Was was that your perception of everything that he was actually practicing? I mean, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I I thought he was practicing. I mean, I this is there was a comment. I don't remember who made it, but there was someone who made a comment. I think it may have been offensive line or Greg Austin that made the comment on it. But someone had said something that made it appear that he he was practicing. So again, mm-hmm. whatever happened, whether it re-aggravated an injury, which is what I was led to believe by some of the talk. Um, but yeah, it, it's concerning. <laughs> you talked about Omar Manning, not suiting up. And this is a guy that, you know, he had, everybody's had high hopes and big aspirations for him. But anytime that we get a chance to see him, you know, he's, it seems like he's always watching and sweats from the sideline at this point, man, I'm not even absolutely convinced that he wasn't even brought here just to be an equipment manager or something because you don't see him practice. It's, it's it's kind of alarming there with the depth there at receiver a little bit. But uh, anyway, let's get in. Let's talk about the improvements that we have uh, that we've heard about. Uh, I'm going to start here. Uh, I'm going to talk about the downfield passing and practice. 
We heard just on Monday that they're putting in a little bit more emphasis on the vertical passing game. You know, they're look, working on getting a better connecting uh, percentage there throwing downfield. So I reached out to our buddy, Adam McClintock. Uh, on Twitter, you can find him at CFB Professor. If you're not following him on Twitter, you're doing Twitter wrong. And uh, I just wanted some stats uh, about our downfield completions, uh, you know, attempts. But he sent me some PXP data that he, his model uses. Uh, so last year, Nebraska had 156 total completions. 49% of those completions were under 10 yards. 39% was between 10 and 20 yards. And just 12% was over 20. So 49% under 10, 39% between 10 and 20, and 12% over 20. That's what we're trying to work on. We're trying to get farther downfield. And I love the fact that, uh, that they're working on it. We saw the little video today with Xavier Betts running down, catching the bomb from uh, Adrian uh, Martinez. Nadab uh, Joseph was covering him. I mean, that gives me optimism. Derek, what did you think about hearing all that? Well, I, I guess I have one question for you. I don't know if Adam McClintock got into the, to it with you with this, but where, where does that rank Nebraska in the Big Ten as far as those percentages go? Is that pretty mediocre? Is it very bottom? I mean, so, obviously it's not high, but... So what Adam McClintock, what he also gave me is like an offense that he thinks that Nebraska is, more, is trying to emulate a little bit more is a Notre Dame offense. So last year, Notre Dame, they had 231 total completions. 32% of their passes were under 10 yards. 51% was between 20, 10 and 20 yards and 17% over 20. So the big number there is between 10 and 20. Notre Dame had 51%. We had 39%. Uh, a majority of our passes are under 10 yards. Uh, for, just for uh, Scott Frost's purpose, he also gave me the numbers for UCF in his last year uh, coaching there in uh, 2017. In 2017, UCF had 287 total completions. 17% was under 10 yards. 55% was between 10 and 20. And 28% was over 20 yards. That's why that offense was so explosive. They could hit that so, deep bomb and score, yeah. So, so let me ask you this as far as the improvement goes here. What are you looking to improve more, the 10 to 20 yards or the or the 20 above yards? I mean, obviously you want to get the 10 to the, the – Less than ten yards, you want to get that high, get that lower, and the other numbers higher. But where do you see the improvement more between the ten and 20, 20 yards or the above twenty yards? I think anything over t to me, anything over ten yards is gravy. You know that you're moving the chains. Anything over ten, eventually, you if you can get you know those big bombs over twenty yards, that, yeah, that's that great. But all these little depends, short that dumps. depends on how many penalties you give up in a drive. Well, that, that's a, that's a different topic. That's something else to clean up and that we need to improve. But I, I, for the I, passing, go ahead, Tyler. Well, so so to the originating point, I think the the downfield pass. So I I, I want to get rid of this ten to twenty because I don't consider that down the field. 
So, Justin, what you said is we need to get more explosive. You know, and, and again, Frost showed that he did at UCF that 28% is awesome. Like, if I felt that Nebraska could really execute that great, I, I'm not saying no to that. But I don't think that's our offense. I don't know if I want that to be our offense this year. I, I'm happy with the 10-yard, 8-yard passes Ball control. Uh, we talked about this last week. We've talked about this in length. Our defense is trending better than our offense. And when so, you look at an explosive down-the-field passing attack, there is going to be more chances for mistakes, quicker drives. And I, I don't know if that plays in Nebraska's strengths. So let me put that number in different context. If you don't like that 10 to 20 number at all, let me put it in terms of this. Uh, Nebraska last year, 49% was under 10 yards and 51% was over 10 yards. UCF in 2017, 83% of their completions was over 10 yards. Just 17% was under 10 yards. Putting that into context, there's there's a huge disconnect from what he was doing at UCF compared to what we're doing here. Agreed, but I think we... I, I, I'm okay with this shift. I, I'm not looking for him in this year. I think he tried to recreate UCF in year one. Didn't really work. I think year two, maybe he tried a little bit. Really didn't work. We didn't win a lot of games. I think he started, I think last year was a year where he began to shift away from it. And I, I, I guess going back to the point, like it's not that I don't like the 10 yards. I just don't consider that down the field passing. When you talk about down the field, the highlight we saw today, that was a 35-yard pass down the field. I mean, that's – that's an, I just – I don't know. Again, I'm not saying I'm hating on it. I But, like, if I was drawing up this offense, I mean, I'd probably say it. I'd like that number to be about 15 to 10% over 20 yards like I'm not looking for these massive gap plays enough to keep a defense honest maybe you catch a home run here or there but again I want to see ball control I want to see in Iowa and I want to see hey let's move the ball let's keep the ball let's let our defense actually have a chance to do what I think they can do Derek do you agree uh yeah I, I, I tend to agree with Tyler on that Right right now, we need to focus on control the clock because this fast-paced offense isn't working with the Big Ten. It's proven for three years that it's just not working. So I, I don't know that getting in a hurry and trying to throw throw down the field. I don't mind throwing down the field. I think you got to surprise them some. And I don't think we did that enough last year. It's a weapon uh, that you have to have in your back pocket. You have to it, be it able to is. throw down field to keep that defense on. And, and you do have to be able to do it, and you do have to do it successfully. Absolutely. I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, I, I just don't think it needs to be something that you do 28% of the time. I'm not saying that, but the, the whole premise was half of our pass completions were under 10 yards. That has to be better. That has to be better. You just you, – you can't do that. You're – and it shows it was a trickle down effect. It affects scoring. It affects you know your total offense. I know you guys think that the offense was great or good enough last year, but they really weren't. They really weren't. And uh, that just that that's just something better. That's something 
that they needed to work on. And I love the fact that they are working on it. It looks good. We have the weapons there with, you know, Xavier Betts, Oliver Martin. There's there's plenty of guys out there that we can really get this going. Levi Falk is another one. Uh, I, I don't know that I don't know that any anybody's saying that the offense was good enough. But the, the problem <laughs> you ask Tyler, he says that the, the offense was pretty good. I, I think there's just a difference between garbage and a pretty good offense. Yardage wise, they did okay. I mean, it wasn't great, uh, but again, it was capitalizing. And it w- I know we'll get to that later, but uh, or I assume we'll get to that later. But it, it was more scoring that that drove me nuts with the offense than it was moving the ball. Yes. Yeah. But working on downfield passing is a very good thing. Very good thing. Uh, it, makes for an, it makes for a much more exciting game if we can actually get some explosive plays. Well, because because we, don't, we didn't have a lot of explosive You're more plays likely to be a little bit more competitive if you have that in your back pocket. If, if you're not a threat to throw downfield, that really limits what, you're, what you can do offensively. And that's where people really got us last year. I just I, I I get it. Like it would be cool. Like it's it sounds great. I've seen a lot of good offenses not overly explosive. Like I I, I just you know Yeah, but it, are they fu- are they fun to watch? Well, okay, so th- those are two different things, right? Are you trying to win games or are you trying to be a highlight reel and be UCF? I mean like again and well, maybe UCF we do have won a lot of games being an explosive highlight reel too. I, I again I, I just Justin, to your point, I think it's it is exciting to see the down the field completions. I think it's I agree with your premise that we need to be better than half of our passes over ten yards. I'm not looking for twenty five attempts over twenty yards this fall. I'm not saying that. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say this while, while I don't disagree with Justin, I think this this whole premise probably could have been brought into more of a we need to improve on explosive plays, period. Because I would love to have seen some 25-yard runs, too, that we didn't get a lot of last year. You did from the quarterbacks. Well. You did from the running backs. It really wasn't that many from the quarterbacks either, though. I mean, there wasn't a lot of 25-yard runs. There was a few, sure. But, I mean, I, I want to see that more consistently, too. Like yeah. I just want to see more explosive plays, period. Sure. Uh, another improvement that they said that they're working on, uh, this is a change from what the way that they've been doing practice before is they're actually starting off practice with special teams. Now, special teams has been a thorn in our ass the entire time that Scott Frost has been here. And well, let's be fair. This has been a thorn in our ass for a lot longer than when Scott Frost has been here. Okay. This has been a thorn in our ass for at least the last six, seven years. We've had one good year, and that was, I believe, 2014 when Bo Pelini took him over. And that was only one year that we had. Even under Bo Pelini, we had a few, two or three years before that where we were all complaining about how bad the special teams were. Yeah, but we didn't know what bad was until Scott Frost set the standard for bad special teams play. Under Scott Frost, that's when that special teams became a huge topic of conversation. But now. it 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 did under Riley, too, though. Like Bruce Reed, Reed, I still Bruce remember Reed. Bruce Reed. Bruce Reed was a topic of conversation on this podcast for probably the first 15 episodes. Yeah, I guess so, but it just seems like it's it's gotten even worse. 
But the, it I, seems like they're making a concerted effort to make that a mo, more of a focus. We talked about this last week. Mike Dawson is now the special teams uh, coordinator. Uh, but it's I, I really like their approach. Their approach. They're focusing. They're starting off the practice with special teams, and then they'll do that stuff. Derek, what are your thoughts on special teams here? All right, so so there there is a lot of room for improvement on special teams. I'm not saying there's not. Uh, I do believe we improved in a lot of areas last year with uh, Jonathan Rutledge taking charge, and he's gone now. So whatever, but I. I I think there was there was some improvement. There were some areas that still were absolutely atrocious. And I'm going to start with uh, our our opponent's kickoff returns. Man, I tell you what, there's a lot lot of lot of imagination could have been dealt here because we haven't been doing good for this for a while. Uh, yards per game, Nebraska was 13th in the Big Ten, giving or having 62.3 yards a game. Uh, 90th nationally, 90th. Wow. Uh, you know, it, but here, here's where a lot of it comes down is we gave up 22 kickoff returns last year. We need to start kicking the ball deep. Uh, where, where are these touchbacks at? It, it's, it, that's atrocious. Yep. Start kicking the ball deep so they can't get these returns on you. Then maybe they can't get so many yards on you. Uh, you know, we were... Just we were bottom tier for kickoff returns in all of the Big Ten in every stat that you look at, and bought and the best we were ranked was uh, just the number of returns, and that nationally was seventy uh, sixth, uh, and that was our best rank out of kick out of opponents' kickoff returns against us. Uh, there was a few stats I didn't write down because this is where I want to talk about where we did improve was. Uh, Obviously, field goals, PATs. I didn't even write them down because Connor Culp was golden last year. Yeah. Uh, and that was an area that we did improve because if you remember 2019, holy shit, we had five different kickers and all of them missed at least one or two field goals. So that was a big room for improvement. But that was just a matter of getting a kicker, I guess. Uh, punting, though. Punting. Boy, man, we're, we're terrible at punting. Uh, now, losing Daniel Cerny before the year started, maybe that was part of it, because I think a lot of people anticipated him starting before he got hurt, which someone tell me how a punter gets hurt, please. Uh, but we had, we were ranked eighth in punts last year in the Big Ten, 10th in yards, and 12th in, 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 in average per punt. Uh, just, just, just to put it in perspective, that was 95th nationally for average yards per punt. Wow. So I, again, yes, we have a lot of room for improvement, but we did uh, not have a punter kick one into the stands. True. True. Or behind, not even out, yeah. not even out of the back of the end zone. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to get into the, the, uh, I, I think here's where. I, I think here's the most frustrating part for most Husker fans is uh, touchbacks, right? Like We're not getting touchbacks. Mm-hmm. We're, we're doing this pooch kick bullshit. Nobody likes it. Uh, so Nebraska had 
uh, 12 touchbacks last year, which ranked ninth in the Big Ten, 83rd nationally. Uh, but the, 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 the touchback percentage, that's what I really wanted to focus on because these, these stats are also skewed with a number of games played right. and COVID, COVID year. year. Uh, Nebraska, 30, it was actually higher than I thought. For as much as we complain about this, they kicked 30% of their, t- of their kickoffs were touchbacks, which ranked 10th in the Big Ten and 81st in the country. Okay. Which, which is still bad. Don't get me wrong. But I, I just want to put it in perspective for you on, on some of the teams that uh, that ranked lower than Nebraska. Because one of these teams I think will absolutely blow you away. Ohio State had 60 kickoffs. 60. Now, that's a lot of kickoffs because they scored a lot of damn touchdowns. Only had 11 touchbacks for 18%. Really? Yes. Uh, the lowest team in the Big Ten was Maryland. Now, Maryland only played, I think, five games, but they only have one touchback the whole, the whole out of their five games. No kidding. So there were, there were teams that were definitely doing worse than Nebraska, but it's, that's an area that I really, if they're, special, if they're spending all this team on special teams in the beginning of the practices, I hope that's one of them that they're doing. So Maryland just had one touchback all year long. One touchback all year. Oh, my God. Uh, then, then you look at uh, the, the the other key stat to me was punt returns, right? Nebraska's punt returns. So this is another one that Nebraska actually did way better than I thought. And I'm guessing this had to have been Cam Taylor-Britt's returns that skewed our stats here because it seemed like we were terrible at, at punt returns, right? Yeah, until he took over. Uh, so... For, for, for a number of returns, we ranked ninth in the Big Ten, 67th, which goes on our defense for not forcing more punts, by the way. Uh, yards, we were third in the Big Ten and 37th in the nation for a number of punt return yards. And for average, we were second in the Big Ten and 14th in the nation. Okay. So, so punt return, we did pretty decent. Kick returns, yeah, got a lot of room to improve there again. We were 89th, 99th, and 94th nationally in return yards, returns, and average. Damn. So, I, I, don't, I don't even know if I really need to tell you which one's which, because it doesn't matter at that point. No, I mean, you're, you're the bottom, you know, bottom 25%. Yeah. So, so kickoff returns needs to get better. Uh, the the coverage needs to get better, on, really on on kickoff returns and punt returns. Uh, punting needs to get better, but we did do some things right last year. It just wasn't enough. Yeah. Tyler, any thoughts on special teams? I, I mean, the the stats Derek laid out in the thought process was I don't really have a lot to add. I I think what I I appreciate about special teams is I, you know, when you look at the Scott Frost regime. You know, there have been a multiple games we have lost because of special teams. And I think that moving special teams to the front of practice is a very radical idea. Like, I, I would be very curious if former college athletes, like, that doesn't sound normal to me. I, I, I don't hear that a lot. Um, 
it, you know, there might be a reason why it's not there. But I think that that is this is at least early on in the spring setting the tone that this this is important. Like we're starting our day with this. We are making this better. Can I, I, I'll just throw this out there with, with that said, Tyler, is and this is going to be my hot take of the day. While everybody that knows the offense needs to improve, I think the part of the game that needs to improve the most is special teams. And I think the coaches are acknowledging that. Like, yes, the offense, the offense struggled. Yes, we know it needs to improve. But special teams has been a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Like, it, has, it has hurt us in a lot of games. It's given the appearance that it has actually been neglected, especially last year. It looked like it was neglected. So I, I think this is, I think this is uh, showing signs of maturity and uh, signs of growth from Scott Frost that he's sitting there going, "Look, guys, we can't have this. Yeah. We, we we have this is this has to be improved." Another improvement that came out, uh, Mario Verduzco, He was talking about turnovers and especially in the quarterback area. And, yeah, and ah, shit, I forget the uh, the exact quote, but uh, you know. He was critical of that the the turnovers they just need to stop. He needs to stop turning over the damn football or something to that extent. Tyler, what do you have to add to that? Well, I think that he's right. I think he was talking about Adrian Martinez and, and it was in, in context of saying that Adrian Martinez is an all conference quarterback if he stops turning the ball over. And he was pressed on it, like what does he need to do? And he's like, he needs to stop turning the ball over. And while this doesn't all fall on Adrian Martinez, and while, yes, there was a lot going into last year with some skewed stats, we finished 112th in the country and fumbles lost. Um, that was largely from the quarterback position. And I think the game that it was most on display was the Rutgers game, where in m- many facets, we had our best offensive game of the season. We had the most yards we put up the whole season. Um, you know, I think we were we were over 600 yards total offense that game. Adrian played really well. Um Lost the ball, kept fumbling. I remember, I remember talking about the, it was cold and he had the sleeves on. Is that why he was losing it? Adrian Martinez has been a really, really good quarterback at Nebraska. Turnovers have been his biggest area of opportunity. You know, he, so, sounds like another Martinez we once knew. Taylor was never this bad at fumbling. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I'd have to look at stats. I guess, God, I would but. love to see those numbers. I would I, think I, I, remember, I remember complaining for a lot of years about Taylor Martinez fumbling the ball. We yeah, complained a lot, lot about Taylor, but I don't. I, yeah, I think that would be a real, maybe that's something we'll look up as comparing fumbles between the two because I don't remember it being this bad with him. I again, Adrian Martinez is a really great athlete. I think he is at the upper echelon at running the ball for quarterback in the Big Ten. He obviously has proven himself to be a very accurate passer, leading the Big Ten in completion percentage. I think he has the ability to make down the field to make all the throws you need a quarterback to make. His leadership is remarkable. I think when it comes down to it, the thing that's holding him back for being a great quarterback, an all-conference type quarterback, is turnovers. And it's not just he turns it over. He has killed drives with it. And I, I think this is an area where, it, you know, to me – what what I like about this heading into the spring is that they are not shying away from calling Adrian out by name. Like 
it would be easy to say lip service and say, yeah, the whole team needs to get better at ball security. Like, that would be like, okay, there. Like, no, Adrian Martinez, you're an all-conference quarterback. Quit dropping the damn ball on the turf. Like, that's what needs to happen. I would almost say that they're almost challenging him. They challenged him last year by benching him and putting Luke McCaffrey in for a couple of games. And we saw the best Adrian Martinez that we have ever seen since his freshman year when he came back off of there. He was challenged last year, and he met the challenge. He looked great. Sure, he had uh, some fumbles there. Uh, he, he had a terrible first half against Ruggers, but, I mean, he came in and saved the day. Hey, once he cut the sleeves off, he was fine. That, yeah. The sleeves, you know. Frost doesn't like hey, hoodies or sleeves, hey, man. You know, you know, you know what, Tyler? You can scoff at that all you want, but I'm pretty sure he he had three fumbles with the sleeves, and may, I, I might have had one with a set without the sleeves. But I think it was even a uh, bad handoff that was considered a fumble from him. Yeah, I, I, I again, it, and I'm not saying the sleeves didn't play a part in this, and I and maybe this is ignorant for me, but you're a Division One athlete. Like, you've played in cold weather before. How do you not know how to dress so you don't fumble the damn ball? Like, this is not... If he was a... He's fre- a California kid. What do you want? He's a yeah, California kid that's been thir- in Nebraska for third three year years. at Nebraska. <laughs> like, you know what you need. Like, again, not comparing myself to Adrian, but I kind of knew to, what my cold weather to, to, outfit to, uh, was to, during to football be fair, games. To be, but to be, to be fair, the third week in December is a lot colder than the last week in November a lot of times. Maybe. And maybe it wasn't. I, I, I mean, I can't... I'm not paying that much attention to what Adrian's worn historically. I just... I... We had we had, we had had a lot of fumbles last year. It wasn't just that play. Um, Adrian Martinez actually improved by three or four fumbles until that last game when he had four fumbles and then he actually tied what he did the year before, which is really troublesome because he played less games last year than he did the year before. Yeah. Six games. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, I love, but they're addressing it. I think that the, the theme of this episode, if you haven't picked up, these are all areas that I think we know they need to identify. And so far we've seen signs of it. The, the coaches yeah. have dressed it. They have hit it. Um, I, I think that that is what right now on April 7th, you've got to be excited about if you're a Husker fan. Derek, he's, still no Dan, he's still no Dan Alexander, though. Yeah. Hey, Dan Alexander could find that end zone, man. I, True, <laughs> but didn't he, didn't he break the record in Nebraska for most fumbles in a season? Well, the, the team did for sure. I'm, I'm sure he did. I think we had we had uh, was it twenty? We lost twenty five of forty nine fumbles that year. Yeah, in nineteen ninety nine. But now, you know I'm what? I'm pretty I'm pretty sure forty of the fumbles were his. I've said this on the podcast before, but I was such a huge Dan Alexander fan when my daughter when when she was born in two thousand one, I wanted to name her Danielle Alexandria. I was overruled by the wife. And your, and your wife didn't go for that, huh? She, she, I, I don't know. She's like, like, you will not name him after a motherfucker that can't hold on to the football. <laughs> okay, she did not say that. She did not say that. <coughs> but it would have been a lot cooler if she did. Uh, Derek, what are some improvements that you're looking forward to? Oh, man, I, t- I tell you, I, I kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier, but penalties got to improve. 
Uh, first year under Scott Frost, penalties were atrocious. There was a point in the year in, in 2018 when we were averaging over 10, yard, 10 penalties a game. Uh, it got better as the season went on, but it killed us. And, and, and then year two, man, we were like fifth in the Big Ten for penalties per game. We looked, started to look like we were heading on the upward t- trend. Now all of a sudden, here we are, 2020, ranking 11th in uh, the Big Ten in yards per game with 60.6, 13th in penalties with 54, uh, 6.8 per game, which ranked 10th, and uh, 485 yards, which ranked 13th in the Big Ten. We gave up, we essentially gave up almost five touchdowns in penalties. Last year in a shortened season. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, you talk about the offense improving. You talk about uh, we haven't talked about defense improving at all. But when I mean, we talk about the offense improving, and special teams improving, th- that's that's an area right there that killed both I, all all three aspects of the game was penalties. You know, with that first game we have what two targeting penalties, which led to a first half of our two of our better defenders being out of the game. Uh, the offensive line really struggled with penalties. We had so many false starts. Everybody was frustrated with that. Uh, holding penalties. I think most of those were on the two freshmen that played last year, but but it's got to improve. Like It would be different if our offense was good enough that we could overcome these penalties, but the problem is our offense can't seem to overcome the penalties. Uh, if you If you look back, on, on drives that Nebraska did not have any penalties or negative yards, they scored like 85% of the time. Wow. Uh, so, 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 I mean, penalties clearly were killing drives. Tyler, any thoughts on penalties? Well, no, I mean, I think Derek hit it. I mean, you look at the, the line, you know, th- this may have been a position group that could have been intriguing if we would have got a couple of those super seniors coming back. Like if we could have got Matt Farniak back or Brendan Hymas, it would be really interesting to see. Um, I like the offensive line as is, but you know the the young guys they were making mistakes, and you know all signs pointing to a new tackle first year uh, out the gates. Um, again, I it, it's beating a drum with situational football. Um, you know, this really just seems to be a thing with Nebraska. I think it's a thing with any team that loses, but um, yeah, Derek hit it. Pen- penalties, I don't know how you fix that in practice. I think game atmosphere is so much different, but the coaches have to find a way to fix that heading into the fall. Right. Uh, Tyler, what improvements are you looking forward to seeing being made? I, I You know, I got some slack last week on this, and, and I think it's on this subject but I, I mentioned last week about we are one great running back away from winning the big 10 one one <laughs> I, I one great not not good running back i'm not saying just like an average really good running back, like an all-american heisman contender you said winning. lawrence phillips you said lawrence phillips man i said lawrence phillips and, and i also believe i brought up mike rogier too but that's fine. Just focus. Lord Phillips is a great you're college running about back. Gen, you're talking about generational guys. Yeah, we're, we're we're one generational running back away from yeah a conference title. Okay, that's fine. Anyway, so we we have got to figure out our running back rotation. 
Um, bringing in step we thought was going to be a solution. He is out for the spring. Who is the guys? Who is the guys? I think we've got a lot of bodies. Like running back is a position that you are going to rotate. We know we're going to rotate guys. We cannot right now. We have a list of six guys. We we need that list to be down to two or three in the fall. And if someone gets hurt, then you put another body. But how is that going to shake out? What what is the steps there? Um, you know, again, it's not Marquez step. <laughs> It might be again, you know, is it too late to go get another like a, a another grad transfer, get to bring in another su- super senior? Like, is yeah. it too late for that? Like, we don't have any super seniors on the uh, on the in the running back room right now. So we probably do need another super senior. It would be great. Derek, do you think we need another super senior? I, I see your face over here and you're just like cringing. God, I hate that term. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's so super about him? But, but Derek, up. don't you think it'd be nice to have that experience? Like, oh, absolutely. Like, absolutely. if we could have a body. Like, I mean, can, all hey, things aside, I know you don't can, love can, super can seniors. Get, can but, we get Divina Zigbo back for a year? I mean, he should be eligible for one more year just but, for shits and giggles. But dude, like, okay, so we we say that like Divina Zigbo. Like, you go back to this the evolution. If you remember the best year Scott Frost had in a lot of people's opinion, namely Justin. Divine Zigbo was the running back. All all kudos. But like we could have used a super senior year out of Diedrich Mills. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I'm not even like sitting here loving Mills, but I feel like we're entering 2021 with a I was I was just never impressed with Diedrich Mills, though. No, but yeah, I but, get it. But like, is, yeah, health, he's better than what we got right now. It, it was it was health issues. I don't know that. Like dude, he the only reason he even looks like he's uh was a good running back last year is because of the Rutgers game. So outside of that one game, he didn't do anything consistent. So Derek, I, w- I want to counter this. You said we- we've seen a lot of Diedrich Mills over the last two years, but you don't know that he was good. He's pretty darn good, leading the, the team in rushing. But you're going to dismiss all of these he other didn't guys. Lead the team in rushing. He, he was so, he was so good that we had to make our make our running or our quarterbacks run the ball because we couldn't rely on we couldn't rely on him run the ball well, twenty times a game. I, I get I I I wasn't saying I'm a big like I'm not sitting there but like if you told and I get I don't like, want to make it sound like I'm crashing the kid because maybe he'll like, be good like but the, Marvin the, Scott I, I would rather I think I would rather have had Jack Stoll back for another year than Diedrich Mills. But like I, okay, oh, no. you, if you wanted Jack Stoll back for a super senior season, then that's fine. But like if you want like to talk about running backs, like this year right now sitting here April seventh, twenty twenty one, my leading candidate to start the season is Marvin Scott. And gun to my head, if you had to tell me who I wish I had a starting running back, Marvin Scott or Mills, I'd taken Mills every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Like, there's no question. Well, you'll, well, you'll be the only one taking them on Sunday. So, I, I want to talk about those running backs because today in practice, out of the six scholarship running backs, we've only ha- we only have two. We only had two practicing today: uh, Gabe Irvin and Marvin Scott. Those were the only two. Everybody else was sidelined, either out for the season with Marquez Step or just off for bumps and bruises or whatever they were out for. So in a position that there's so many question marks, this really doesn't give me a warm and fuzzy moving forward. But let's say 
all six are healthy headed to the fall. We're told that the people uh, that are out, Marquez, Step, Ben Stilling, Marquez, Buford, they're all going to be back in uh, the fall. So let's assume that the running backs, all six are available in the fall of the scholarship guys. Who has the highest ceiling out of all six of those, Derek? I don't know. I haven't seen enough out of any of them to to, to know what their ceiling could be. Fair. Yeah, g- give it. No, I I'm going back to Derek here. G- give an answer. Like right now, who would you say is the guy? Who has the highest? Seven ceiling Morrison. Seven Morrison is a four star. I'll, I'll say him. I guess. And that's a great pick. I I like that pick. I'm gonna go with Step. Like I I just. For 2021, he couldn't make it. He couldn't make it through three practices. I get it. I and, and that's why I'm saying ceiling. Like, if 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 you know, if you, you want to go into like the alternate realities and get nerdy here for a second, if 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 this season is played out a hundred times, like I don't know if he ha- has the most good seasons, but like I think it, like if you're looking at the guy that has the potential to have that great season. He is the only guy that I think in 2021. Morrison's a great pick. He'd probably be my number two. Um, I think he might have that greatness in him somewhere. I just, whatever reason, he couldn't find the field as a true freshman. Well, okay, so what we're told is that he got COVID. So halfway through the season, he got COVID. And so by the time he recovered from that, he had one game left and they just sidelined him because he hadn't practiced. Yeah. But they say that he would have contributed. How much? I don't know. I mean, how much did any of the running backs last year really contribute? And, and, and again, this was my complaint last year, and it'll be my complaint this year if it happens again. But I, I really don't care who the running back is because if the offensive line is going to make, make, open up holes for him, they can succeed. The problem is I think you have to allow a running back to get in and get in a groove. We We saw too many times last year where – this game, this running back ran for a few times. The next game, the next running back did. It was never consistent. Diedrich Mills was the only one that got consistent carries. Yeah. Like Mar- Marvin Scott, it was probably the next one that got consistent carries. But I think he only ended up with like 24 carries. God, he was so ineffective, too. I, I, I don't think he was that bad. Like, I mean, I, that was like the most weak ass I, I, I don't think he was that bad like he, I, I saw enough from him that I, I, I think, think I think that his he longest could be okay. run was probably four or five yards like he just didn't for somebody that was you know compared to like a bowling ball or something at one time you know uh, he was kind of it was kind of a letdown I, they I did just, use him but... they, they did give him an opportunity and Man, I tell you what, it's just like, dang it. We all expected more out of him. I, I, but I do think But this, he's a freshman, you know? He's a, I mean, he's a true freshman. When you're, Especially when you're a physical back as a true freshman, I do think that that, that is a hard adjustment to make. I, I, I do like I, – I like how he runs. I like how he carries the ball. Mm-hmm. Again, right now, he's my leading pick for the starter for 2021. And, that, and we'll beat this as this offseason goes on. But, like, running back is such a concern. Well, and, and I'm not going to – yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. You know, I, I don't want to come off like um, like hard on Marvin Scott because he didn't meet, like, s- some expectations because he was a true freshman. But I would not – but the tr- 
coaching staff, they trusted him enough to give him the opportunity. So they obviously see something in him, and there's a lot there. And so if he was the starter in game one against Illinois, I, would, I wouldn't be shocked one bit. I would not be shocked one bit. No, neither would I. But I just pulled the stats up. So, so Marvin Scott had 24 carries for 62 yards for an average of 2.58 yards per carry. Yeah. Yeah, not good. So I, I'm not. I'm not trying to hammer the guy. Like I, I assume he'll get better. He was a freshman. Uh, j- just to, just for comparison, the only other running backs that got carries outside Dedrick Mills were Mary Johnson had eight attempts for 30 yards for 3.75 yards attempt, uh, and Ronald Tompkins had five carries for 24 yards on the first game. Yeah, and it, but he was averaging almost five yards a carry. He actually averaged more than mm-hmm. Diedrich Mills. Is there any shot? Obviously, it's easier to do on five carries. Is there any shot for Gabe Urban to win this job? I, I don't think so. So, so when they kept talking, saying high things about Gabe Urban, I was like, "Oh, it's pretty exciting." You know, it's like, "Hey, you know, Gabe Urban, he's turning heads. He's, you know, he's motivated. You know, encouraging. He's saying all the right things about the guy." And then we find out, well, I mean, shit, he's only. One of two scholarship running backs participating in practice at Ryan, the moment. Ryan Held no has kidding. to say something. No wonder why he's uh, turning heads because yeah, he's Ryan out ha- there. Ryan Held has to talk. Like, what is he going to yeah. say? He's like, yeah, uh, no one's. And and I think. But, they but, gave to, but to be fair, but to be fair, I think Ryan Held was talking about the five practices where I'm assuming more running backs were running the ball. Yeah. Like he wasn't talking about just this one practice. I, I we, yeah. And, and as far I mean, as far as the two running backs, two scholarship running backs running the ball, that was just today. Like we don't know how much the other ones have practiced. We know Marquez Step isn't practicing, right? But we don't know how much the other all, all the other rest of them could have been practicing the other four practices. Good. We don't yeah. know. And if so, then I mean, it sounds like we got a good one right there. Uh, all right. Next improvement, and that's on you, Derek. All right. So I'm just going to talk about the defense as a whole here a little bit. Because I think there's a lot of areas where the defense does need to improve. And I and I know that everybody is uh, really relying on this defense to kind of carry this team. Because they, they were the most improved uh, uh, of the team. Like, they, they did improve a lot. But uh, so... Let's just get into the meat of it here. Uh, you look at uh, defense. You t- look at total yards. They looked pretty decent. Uh, they were sixth in the Big Ten. Pretty good uh, for for yards per game. I'm sorry, with 386 and a half yards per game. But that's only 50th nationally. Uh, for for a defense that's trying to carry you, I think you need to be better than 50th nationally. Uh, rushing. We still have to improve on rushing defense. We were 11th in the Big Ten last year in rush defense. Gave up 1,356 yards. Uh, 59th nationally. Passing de- passing defense, as good as we all think we were, we were still 8th in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1,736 yards. 46th uh, nationally. Uh, the yards per game, we were mediocre. or uh, Yards per play, I'm sorry. We, we, we this is where everybody's so excited about this team is because they improved by like almost a half a yard, which is 
really phenomenal for a defense for, for, to improve that much on yards per play. Uh, but we still give up 5.46 yards per play, which is 44th nationally. Uh, again, not bad if you have a great offense. Or even, but, even a good offense or average yeah. offense. But, 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 but when you're sitting here concerned about your offense being able to move a ball and you're hoping that your defense can carry the team, yeah. 44th nationally is not where you want to be. Uh, so, so I think there's a lot of room for improvement there. Uh, scoring defense, man. I, so here's here's what I want to tell you guys. So scoring defense, we were eighth in touchdowns in the Big Ten. We were thirteenth in field goals, right? So here's where I want to talk to you guys about. So Nebraska ranked thirteenth in the Big Ten in field goals, which was 109th nationally because we gave up 15 field goals in the red uh, or on on defense for scoring defense. Now, most generally speaking, I'd be I'd say, okay, but you're holding them to field goals, right? So, just for comparison, the only team that ranked worse than Nebraska for for giving up field goals and scoring defense was Northwestern. Hmm. They gave up 16 field goals. But the difference is Northwestern only gave up 14 touchdowns. Nebraska gave up 27. Yeah, yeah. So, so while it sounds good that you're stopping them to field goals, you still got to stop them on the on the other stuff too. Uh, points per game, where we're seventh nationally. So, or uh, I'm not not nationally. God, that would have been great. Uh, seventh in the Big Ten, so we were middle of the pack in the Big Ten. I mean, dead middle. Uh, but that ranked 64th nationally. We still gave up 29 and a half points a game. That's too much, especially when your offense isn't scoring enough points. Uh, but but I want to get into this a little bit more. Even looking at uh, uh, we we need to get uh, everybody talks about Nebraska needing to pressure the quarterback better, right? Like that's always that's been a big concern. Again, six at least since Bo Pelini's been here, getting pressure on the quarterbacks. We can't we're not getting sacks. Uh, Nebraska's getting closer, I think, though. But but we need to see some room for improvement here. Uh, sacks, we were ninth. In the Big Ten with only 13 sacks. Uh, but tackles for loss. This is this is what gives me a little bit of hope that this defense is getting better. Tackles for loss, we were fourth in the Big Ten. Uh, and we were second in uh, tackles for loss per game. We were get we, we were getting 6.63 tackles per game, which again ranks second in the Big Ten. Uh, so uh, I, I know that's not getting pressure on a quarterback, but it's telling me we're getting into backfield. Uh, so hurries, this is a, this is the other thing I want to talk about. Uh, quarterback hurries. Nebraska ranked sixth in the Big Ten with 19 quarterback hurries. Uh, not great, but better. So, again, we're getting back there. It's just a matter of finishing off the play, getting to them in time. Uh, it's, one, it's one thing to make them – Throw up, have a bad throw, or get in his face a little bit. It's, it's another thing to sack him. And I, I might go a little bit back more to the scoring defense to talk about red zones. We have to get better in the red zone. Uh, in the red zone, we we were twelfth in the Big Ten, Big Ten in red zone attempts. So again, we're stopping them to field goals, but they're getting all over the field on us, right? Like we're, you're letting them in the red zone so much. 
So you got to stop that. Uh, you're, you're giving up your 12th in the Big Ten in scores. You're, uh, again, you're, you're bottom of the pack in field goals and touchdowns. You're middle of the pack. It's, so right. red, red, red zone defense has got to get better. Derek, I want to cut you off here because everybody's talking about, like, everybody thinks that the defense is going to be you know, carrying the team this next year. There's a whole bunch of optimism. We saw the defense step up. There's a couple areas that a lot of people thought that they needed to take care of. But you kept on going down the list on areas on the defense that need to improve. That doesn't doesn't give me a warm and fuzzy one bit that the defense is that great. That's what I'm saying. Like, there there was a lot of room for improvement. I mean, there was a lot of improvement from – 2019 to 2020 on this defense. And again, some of these stats are skewed because of the number of games played uh, and where we rank. Uh, Cause there, there were, there were Maryland was ranked really high in a lot of these defensive stats, but they only played five games. All right, Tyler, what are your thoughts right. here? So, so, so why I have optimism and why I just kind of say, Derek, take those stats and shove them up your ass is because how Nebraska ended the season. We ended the season for the last four games. We held our opponents to under 30 points. And so, yes, I agree with you in the premise of if you are expecting that this Nebraska defense is going to be the Indomitian Sioux defense and that no, we're, no, 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 and, no. and we're going to win de- game. We need to win games, you know, 13 or nine to six. And we need to have multiple games where we hold opponents under 14 points to win. That, yeah, we might be we might be a little screwed. But 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 we we did a good job of holding opponents uh, under 30 points in the year. And I want to highlight one game, Minnesota. Okay, the reason why I highlight Minnesota is game we lost. Okay, it's a game we gave up 24 points. It was our second most points we gave up the last four games of the season. Um, all four scoring possessions of Minnesota began in Nebraska territory. So weren't they missing like 30 players in that game? Who gives I, this the the point is is it goes back to what we were talking about to start the podcast. This season is not about necessarily these massive explosive plays. We've got to play better on special teams. We got to be better on field position. We got to avoid the turnovers. All those things are things that put our defense at a disadvantage. Um, Rutgers, okay, that, I, I, okay, I didn't that, look at the stat for Rutgers, but like I can remember the fumbles, and then Rutgers would score. Like we gotta put ourselves in a better position because I think our defense proved the second half of the year if they're put in a position to succeed, they will do it. In the Minnesota game, you know who didn't play half of that game? Our best defensive player. And you know another game? He did play a half of Northwestern. He didn't play half of Penn State. Like, well. If we can keep our best players on the field, we're going to be okay. So you're telling me one player is skewing that whole defense? When he's your best there, player. There's, there, there's a bigger problem than I thought then because you can't have one player skewing your defense that bad, first off. If you think we're going to win a lot of games with that defense that played last year, you're crazy. We're, we're, it's just not going to happen. You're still giving up thir- almost 30 points a game, Tyler. 
I if if our defense can get a little bit better with all these super seniors coming back. And I was gonna just say like, we got a lot of super seniors get, coming back, and, and, but it's gotta get it's gotta get a lot better, not a little bit better. So, so instead, instead, instead of the second half of the year where we average giving up twenty five points a game, twenty four points a game, if we could drop that down to 20, 19, 18, like yes, that's a lot I, better. That's not a little bit better. That's a lot better. Okay, three points. Let's say we could take our twenty five point average down to just twenty one. I think we can score this offense. Is not that terrible that we're not going to be able to score 24, 28 points a game. But, but Derek, again, let, let me ask we you. Played, we played this game. Hold on, hold on. We played this game in 2019 about the offense. Remember, we played, oh, the first half of the year compared to the second half of the year. Look what the offense did. They're heading in the right direction. And then what did they do in 2019? But there was two games. There was two games last year. Like, let's not even do the first. There okay, was the Illinois the same thing game with the defense. and there was Ohio State. Th- those were the outliers. But when we played explosive offenses, they didn't do well. That's twenty five percent of our games, though. It, Are they outliers when it's twenty five percent? And when you only Derek, play eight games, that's tough. When you say that, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, when we played explosive offenses, we struggled to stop them. The fact that one of those teams was Illinois—that's fair. I, the Illinois game, we have beat that to death. Like I know, but I'm just saying, you know, it, it's not like it was Ohio State. Everybody knows, okay, Ohio State, I get it. But Illinois, when that's your second game, giving up forty, what was it, forty one points? Forty one. Yeah. Derek, and then we so, get, and then we gave up. The, the, so we gave up fifty two to Ohio State. Let, let's talk about skewing the stats. Fifty two against Ohio State, forty one against Illinois. We gave up twenty one against Northwestern. 23 against Penn State, 26 Ooh, against whose Iowa. Whose offense did not score at all. Let's, let's, let's slow down. Northwestern's offense can't score at That's all. That's fine. 27 against Purdue, who could score. I think the week before he played they, Purdue, they, they, did they, so. they, they were like inconsistent. Minnesota, yeah, were 24. Inconsistent. Rutgers, 21. Like, I, I think that we have the ability to win. Again, it's, it's all about what you expect. Like, are we going to win a Big Ten West? Like unless your I'm defense not, I'm not gets saying a lot that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if we're gonna win seven, eight games, this defense has to get better. It, I think that the margin that you believe that this defense needs to get better to for us to win seven games is a lot different. Like, yes, probably needs to take a step forward. Can't I mean probably uh, needs to take a step Here, here's forward. Here's the other thing. But you always talk about seniors, you always talk about that's it. That's it right there. That's my point right there. You talk about the super seniors. They're all coming back for their sixth year. Well, goddamn, yes, you better get better. Like you've been in this off. You've been on this defense for now four years. But I, I so guess yeah, you better get better. But again, I I think this defense is again. Is it going to be an all time Nebraska defense? I I don't know. I'm not asking it to be an all time defense. I'm not asking it to be an Indomitian Sioux-led defense. I'm asking it not to give up 29 points a game. I'm asking it not to be 11th in the Big Ten in rushing yards per game. That's fair. I mean, again, I think... I'm asking it to get better. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I just, I think that the way you made it sound is that this defense was pretty far off. Like, that's what, no, that's I, just, what I got I just, from you. I'm not saying it's pretty far off. There was a lot, even, even with these stats as low as we ranked, 
were big improvements from the year before. Well, well, yeah. the, let's, let's spin this positively as we wrap up because no, I just listened fine. to you. Just that's I fine. felt like I just like put I just, a knife I just in feel, the defense. No, I'm not saying that. Okay, <laughs> I, I let got me that retract it too, though. Yeah, no, okay, thank right, you, Justin. <laughs> like it was just like, oh my right. god, you just thought this was the worst defense you've ever seen. No, 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 no. I, okay, let me retract it then. I'm just trying to state the fact that everybody seems to think like this is going to be some great defense coming back next year, like. I have the feeling that people think this is going to be like an Andamakutsu led defense, and it's not going to happen. I, I haven't heard it needs to, say but it that. needs to improve. Yeah. There's a lot of room for improvement still. Yeah, I, I think this is a team that can be led by I'm the defense. Say, I'm not saying they're a shit defense. I just where we're ranked is it's still a mediocre defense right now. I think this is a there, team that there's still a lot of room to improve. Agreed. Uh, we'll, we will agree on that. I think this is a team that can be led by the defense. I think it needs to get better. I think that the offense and special teams needs to help the defense a little bit. Um, I think they need to continue to put them in the position. I like this. Hopefully, Camp Taylor Britt doesn't get suspended for a whole, you know, multiple times for penalties. Hopefully, learns the tackle. That's probably one thing we should have probably mentioned. Is and and what we need to really improve on is learning not to target because um, that would be really helpful. Tackling, yeah. <laughs> let, let, let's work on tackling a little bit so we like, don't have as many uh, uh, targeting and, penalties. And, and I don't know, maybe third down conversions. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah like maybe maybe getting a stop on a third and 20 would be nice once in a while. So if we had an unlimited length podcast, I'm sure we could come up with a whole bunch. I just want to put, uh, I just want to add one more on to this just to uh, finalize this uh, conversation. And that's going to be the scoring offense. Our scoring offense last year, we averaged 23.1, uh, 23.1 points per game, which ranked 101st in the nation out of 127 teams and 12th in the Big Ten. Uh, during those eight games, uh, we only scored 30 points two times against Penn State and against Purdue. We scored 20 points or less Four times last year against Ohio State, Northwestern, Iowa, and Minnesota. Points per game needs to go up. Uh, I looked at the red zone uh, offense, and it wasn't as bad as what I thought it was. Typically, you would think it's like, shit, we're not, we can't score. But when we did get down there, uh, we actually were tied for 43rd in the nation uh, red zone uh, percentage of 85.7%, which was fifth in the Big Ten. So as bad as I thought red zone percentage was, it, red zone offense was, it, it wasn't as bad as what I thought. But the scoring overall, we have to get better. Because if we're giving up 29 points a game, anytime that your defense is giving up a hell of a lot more points than your offense it's not a good scenario. You end up to where we are, a sub-500 team. Yeah. So those have to flip-flop. But, and, and just, I think, to that point, I mean, we saw some turnovers in the red zone, and I think one of the reasons why red zone scoring was good because kicking. We were good at kicking. Yeah. and We had a kicker we could trust. And, and that and goes again, a long I way. I just, when I watch this team, it needs to get better at that situational football in the red zone, the interceptions. But I, I don't want to discount that. We played the top four defenses in the Big Ten. So half the games we played, we played the four best defenses in the Big Ten. 
Like, let's let's give some opponents some credit there and, like, allow that to sink in that, like, maybe last year was a little bit tougher schedule. I don't think we're going to have that kind of, you know, we're going to have a couple more give me games for our offense to kind of accumulate a little bit more stats this year, I think. So so who were the four? It was Ohio State, Northwestern, Iowa, and who? Wisconsin, probably. Or not play Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Well, let me pull that up real quick while maybe Derek gives a thought. Derek, what are your thoughts on scoring offense? What, what were the teams you uh, What were the teams you named again? Well, I said Ohio State, Northwestern, Iowa's top four in defense. I, I don't know who the fourth is. I was just uh, Penn asking. State easily. Uh, Penn, Penn State. I know they didn't win a lot of games. They didn't do what everybody thought, but their defense was pretty solid. Okay, but we scored 30 points against them, so that was actually one of our better offensive productions. Wow. We also had a defensive touchdown and I think a block punt. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I missed. We had three of the top four. Um, okay. I'm sorry. Wisconsin was the other one. and um, Okay. All right, so th- that makes sense. But, I mean... Those teams, I mean, we're, we're going to play these teams all the time in a Big Ten schedule. It's not an excuse that we suck that bad. There's a lot of teams that were, that were playing the same exact teams that finished better than 12th in the conference in scoring offense. That's, that's not an excuse. Has to get better. I, I, I don't know if that's true, Justin. Like, I mean... W- I mean, we this would probably have to be a, a assignment, but with the teams that like missed games, like was there a team that played that kind of defense? Like, there's a lot of people that miss a lot of games in there. I mean, I I I don't know if anyone else had that same row. I I I might look into that, but and tweet it out. But I don't know if anyone else did. You are you saying that we had the toughest schedule in the conference? Is that what you're saying? Because that's a flat-out lie. Who had it tougher? I don't think Nebraska's uh, schedule was that bad at all. I'd have to go back and look again. We, but, we, but, I, but I thought Nebraska was ranked pretty high on strength of schedule, I'm pretty sure. All right, well, we, we can take a look at it. Uh, we'll come back with that, but uh, guys. But, but again, I, you talked about uh, Nebraska scoring offense, and I, I guess maybe this is me personally as wanting to see something a little more exciting. I, I'm gonna go back to the explosive plays. Like you talked about downfield passing earlier, uh, I want to see some big runs. I want to see some downfield passing. I, while I don't think we need to score 40 points a game, it would be kind of nice to see us run a 60-yard touchdown or throw for a 40-yard touchdown or vice versa or whatever. Uh, we didn't see a lot of that last year. There yeah. might have been some explosive plays, but even our explosive plays didn't end up going for touchdowns half the time. One of our most explosive plays of the whole season was Luke McCaffrey running the ball uh, as a running back against Ohio State, and even he got st- got tackled before he got the touchdown. Uh I don't know. It would just be nice to see some explosive plays actually get capped off with touchdowns. Derek, I want to ask you one thing before we get out of here. And uh, Deontay Williams, uh, he spoke 
to the press today, and he was talking about that he wanted to play in a bowl game. He was talking about the culture changing and stuff. Did you have any thoughts on that? Not particularly. Uh, I, for, first off, I think we've kind of beat this like a dead horse anyway. Uh, you, you know, it's just uh, everybody's got different reasons. So, some guys were beat up, probably didn't want to play because of that. Uh, some guys just wanted to go see their families. I hadn't been home in six, seven, eight months. But the fact that it's still being brought up, do you think that there's something going on in that locker room? Maybe there's a, maybe some sort no, of divide? No, it was brought up. It was brought up as a question from the media. Yeah, the media needs to get a life. The media keeps bringing this up. You, it is that, driving that's me the, crazy. That's the problem with fans, right there. Is everybody takes the answers and goes, "Well, why are they still talking about this?" Well, they're still talking about because they're getting asked about it. Yeah, that's not his fault that he got asked about it. There, I think. Do you think that, based off of think, his answers, do you think a, that's going to spawn more questions? Though, well, I think the media needs to get a life. Like, I mean, this is such a what is what, there is there is there also a level of uh, of pride with some of these kids? I would hope maybe still mm-hmm. that they went three and five and they were like, we don't deserve to be in a bowl. I I I don't even like I. I don't care anymore why we didn't play in a bowl game. Like, I, I am – but what bothers me is the media keeps asking about this. And, like, this is one of the things that drives yeah. me crazy. It's, like, about, it's like, let's move forward, right? Well, it's just like I feel like – I, you know, I don't want to throw shade at whoever asks these questions. But, like, think of a more original question. It just – it to me, it seems like you're – there's two things that are the scenarios. One – you just aren't intelligent enough to ask a better question. Or two, you are trying to create controversy. Because at this point, when you are talking to a defensive player at Nebraska, you the assumption is that they wanted to play. Like, I don't know why these questions are being brought it, it up. So, it sounds like... It sounds like a Dirk Chatlin or a Chris Hetty question, like, doesn't it? It's well, like, Chris Hetty's not there anymore. But but what was the question who asked it? Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, it was a question that he would have asked, though. Like, it feels like one of his questions. Like, it's just like, it's a gotcha question. It's like... I, I'm not even sure what the question was, though. It was like, it, I, it was sim- It was very much, it was like, so last year you didn't play a bowl game. What did you feel about that? Like, it was along those lines. And he was, of course, like, yeah, we. I wanted to play in that game. I was kind of ticked off. We. I mean, it... I, I just it, I feel it, it like just, every defensive just, player has been asked this question. Like we're we're literally if a defensive player gets to the stand, they don't ask an offensive player this question because they don't want to know the actual answer of someone that said they didn't want to play. We we could pretty much guess who probably voted no at this point. I guess I. I, I don't know. I just wonder if there's uh, some lingering feelings there. Inside the locker room, the way that he said, because he did bring up the culture, you know, and that stuff. Which I'm I'm really surprised you're not hammering him for. Because you hammered Scott Frost and everybody else for talking about culture for two years. I I did roll my eyes when I heard it. I was like, you're four and here's that freaking word. We're still talking about that? I did roll my eyes, but. But he didn't mention Mike Riley, which got to make you happy. Like he, didn't, he, he didn't say that Mike Riley's culture. 
I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, well, that, that's, okay. that's the problem you've always had with people bringing up culture is that it always gets referred to what Mike Riley left Scott Frost. Oh, what he and, inherited. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what's always bothered you about culture. All right. So we're going to get out of here. But Derek, we got to ask you something. Uh, what did you think about the super senior references? I would make a gagging sound, but I'm afraid I make everybody puke. So, so me and Tyler, we we, we talked about this before the podcast, and I'm we, sure you did. I knew it because I could tell by the look on your faces that you were trying to annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we were. Well, our, our goal was to say super seniors at least five times each during this podcast. I think you said it about thirty times <laughs> each. Yeah, hmm? I was hoping to get a little bit more of a reaction out of you because I know yeah. you love that word, but. Uh, and just so you know, Derek, and, 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 and while we did this, maybe to annoy you a little bit, I think it's going to continue to get brought up in the podcast because that is a really great term to describe a lot of these players. It's really not. It's really not. But it won't be to annoy you. It's because that's that's what they are. They're they're fucking super. Seniors. Oh, that's what they. That's because what that's what the media wants to call them. So super seniors. There's right. nothing super about them. They are superheroes. They need capes. Don't forget it. All right. Win me games. Win me games before you call yourself super. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here, guys. Fun show. We went long. Special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for our episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening, and as always, Go Big Red. Go Big Red.